You're listening to Radio ISO, bringing you notes from self-isolation and stories about the people we're missing. It's a frightening and uncertain time, but maybe it's also a moment to celebrate the people we love. I'm your host, Emily Sargent. Today I spoke to Ria, a wonderful friend and a very talented news reporter. She chose to talk to me about her mum. noticed that I've been waking up in the morning as soon as I open my eyes I have a very low level flurry of anxiety which I don't normally have it's just a really quick feeling it's a flash but it's there and and Mm. I think it's my body saying here's another day where you're not going to see anyone in person and and I said and and I'm I'm lucky because I live with my girlfriend you know Kaylee but it's um I don't know how she's keeping her own morale up, to be honest, because when I woke up yesterday morning, I just keep saying things like every day I wake up and I just have this feeling of like very deep sadness. And then for the rest of the day, I just sort of try and like chip away at it. And then I feel okay in the evening. And then it starts again the next day. And she was like, cool. Um, (laughs) So good morning. (laughs) So Ria, maybe you could just tell me who you would like to chat about today. So interestingly, when you asked, I didn't even have to think. So it was an instantaneous flash in my mind of my mother's face. So it'll Mm. be her that I'm talking about today. How would you describe her as to me as someone who's not met her before or any other person? How would you how would you describe your mum? I would say that she's very strong willed. She's very outspoken. She comes from a family of very feisty, strong-minded women. All her sisters and her mother is like that. Um, She's very funny. She's kind. She's really loyal. Um, But I would say I'm always amazed by her ability to adapt to situations and change her mindset as she grows older and learns more about herself so I think that's one of her most enduring qualities um Mm. yeah that's interesting that you say she's feisty and and strong-willed because I I feel like my well one of the first times I think we properly hung out together was going on the women's march and I was like who is that she's so cool (laughs) (laughs) do you have a sort of example of how uh like one of those new ways in which she's adapted or changed yeah I think when I look back over sort of my own childhood and I think about the ways that my mum has changed it's honestly it amazes me so when I talk about her adapting I mean first of all we have to think about the fact that she wasn't born and brought up in this country um she left Kolkata in India when she was in her mid-30s so she had an arranged marriage which in itself brings a lot of emotional upheaval she left all her family so her brothers her uh, her mum dad sisters all in India came to live in a very small town in Wales where she didn't know anybody she couldn't speak the language she was 
dealing with racism. She had quite a few mental health problems. She suffered with anxiety and depression because obviously she'd left her family. So she's been through all of that. And I think that those mental health problems and that depression shaped her and also sort of affected her connection with her children. That's me and my sister in some ways when we were growing up. And I see her now and she's 70. And her levels of emotional intelligence have just blossomed and grown because she's put the work in, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I would hope she wouldn't mind me saying this, but she's had therapy. She had cancer about six years ago and that was very difficult. So after that, she started having some talking therapy and she's just adapted, like I said, in so many different ways. When you were a teenager, what I guess, what were you like as well? How, how did you guys get on? Things were difficult when I was a teenager. Our relationship was, was much more fiery and tempestuous, I would say. I was difficult, so... Um, in what way? <laughs> so I think in some ways I was the ideal teenager. My parents had always drummed it into me that education was really important and that I must work hard at school and I must do well. And I think that comes from almost an immigrant mindset that you're going to have to work harder than a lot of the people around you, so make sure that you do. So me and my sister were always brilliant at school. We were always, you know, excelling at our exams and doing all of that stuff. So from that perspective, they had the dream children. Mm -hmm. But then I've always been very outspoken, much more so than my sister. So I always gave my mum jip. So I would always argue back and I would say whatever was on my mind without really considering whether that would be hurtful for my mum to hear. Uh, I remember once she found my diary <laughs> and she read it, absolutely obscene. Why would you pick up oh your child's God, diary no. and read it? But, um, you know, I was quite frank in that about our relationship. So I know that some of the things that I said in there would have hurt her feelings which I found out about much later. Um, so you didn't find out until she'd read the diary until, what, like, what, how, how was that revealed? Oh, good question. How did I find out about it? I think it just came up in conversation when I was in my late 20s or early 30s. Oh, and I think by that point, it what didn't feel so explosive because everything that I'd written in my diary at that point felt so distant from me. It felt like a different time. It felt like a different person almost. Mm. So I think I'd grown and matured emotionally by the time I knew she'd read it. So I didn't ha react in the same way as I would have. Yeah. If, if she told me, you know, when I was 18. Yeah. Um, God, the yeah, thought of so somebody we... reading my diary makes my blood run cold. <laughs> Especially yeah. because I don't I don't think she read it page to page. I think maybe she picked it up and flicked through some bits, if that makes sense. Mm. I mean, it's my fault as well for just leaving it <laughs> at home in Wales. I've now got it safely locked away in a box with me. The other good thing for me was that when I was a teenager, me and my best friend Karen figured out a code. So a lot of it is just written in these weird characters that literally make no sense to anybody they're that like feels, symbols and things it feels so like 90s to me <laughs> i know very 90s um so yeah that was um, a little protection 
what did it feel like sort of if you imagine walking through the front door had she like did she create um a very warm home what was the kind of how did it feel for you that is quite a complex question to answer I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword um I've got very strong memories of mum looking after me when I was ill for example I've got a really strong memory of being really sick with flu and she'd always let me sleep in her bed if I was ill and there was one time where I was just so sick and this is a bit grim but you know I couldn't open my eyes because I like there was just so much mm. mucus essentially <laughs> just keeping my eyes shut mm. you know when she'd come along and she'd wipe my eyes with a damp cloth and things like that really stick in my head so she was she as a mother she always did her duty she cared for me and my sister as much as she possibly could bearing in mind you know that she was busy with work she she was a as a teacher and did everything around the house did all the cooking all the cleaning everything on her own um but in terms of i i don't know i mean equally i think sometimes at home especially after my sister left to go to university it was it was quite lonely um i think as a family we're much better at this now but we weren't always great at communication so there wasn't that ease of of chatter and um just flow of talking i guess on a regular basis so sometimes it could feel a bit isolating at home mm. um and that's changed now as i said um you know we're all much closer we talk much more frequently um but yeah i think growing up was difficult at times because of that difficulty communicating thinking about right now how is your how's your mum coping with being at home stuck in the house how's she how's she handling self isolation i think she's doing okay so she's got lots of hobbies she likes to paint so she's doing that she likes being in the garden they're lucky to have a big garden so she she's outside you know mm-hmm. digging around if it's a sunny day um i think she keeps in touch with people via whatsapp you know where all facetiming as regularly as we can so i think she's doing all right I think she's getting a bit irritated with me and my sister me particularly because I'm being really um quite vocal and stringent in terms of what they should and shouldn't be doing. Um I've I've laid off a bit at the moment but about a week ago every day I'd be sending a text make sure you wash your hands make sure you don't go outside if somebody comes to the door make sure you shout through the door please stand 2 meters away. It's hard though because there's this whole generation of parents that are like really hard to control. Like my mum every yeah, I time know. I talk to her she's like I just popped out to Sainsbury's. <laughs> you absolutely can't do that. We're on a lockdown and she was like I just don't think it's that serious. I was like <laughs> okay, I don't I just don't I don't know how to handle this. But everyone's yeah. saying it's the same issue with their parents. They're like 
constantly on the run, like yeah. escaping out the door. Exactly. A couple of weeks ago, um, when my parents were still in India, thankfully they're back in Wales now, every day it was like a battle. And I, me and my sister were getting severe anxiety from just relentlessly having to send texts. How many times do we have to tell you, don't go out? Anyway, so they're better now. They're, they're, they're listening more. But my mum has been getting super annoyed with me. So anytime I send an instruction, my mum will be like, here she goes. And then I'll say something else. And she'll be like, yes, miss. So she's getting, she's getting a bit irritated with me. So... That's um, quite funny. I'm taking a bit of joy from that, but uh, yeah. Well, it's good that she's she's finally listening. Exactly. Is there a time in your life where you could very clearly say, that's the moment I needed her most and she was there for me? I guess the the time that springs to mind is when I went through um, quite a devastating relationship breakup. I'd been with somebody for sort of... Goodness me, it must have been about 15 years. So it was a long relationship. And yeah, it was, it was a pretty devastating time for me. And I think being at home with my family was really the only thing that got me through. Um, and it was a strange time because being at home was also painful because that was where that relationship had started um, in that small town in Wales. And, and where it had been moulded and formed, really. So it was kind of weird being back in that town, but being in the house and just having that constant sense of verbal support, but also, you know, just being able to eat my mum's food and have mm. her, you know, cook my favourite dishes or just reassure me. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was the best place that I could have been in, in the times when I went back there during that period. What were, do you remember what some of your favorite dishes were that she cooked? Oh my God, there are so many. I mean, they're all um, Bengali dishes. Um, My parents are Bengali. um, And it is without doubt my favorite cuisine. She makes an incredible aubergine dish where you char the aubergine over a flame. Oh, my God. And then you sort of fry up onions and garlic and different things and then mix it up with a natural yogurt. So it's just this amazing dish. It's slightly tart. And then incredible. you have the... I know, like the, the garlic and the onions are so lovely. So she makes that. That's one of my favourite things. Um, oh, there's just so many. I'm, I'm so jealous. That would have, it's like my absolute favourite kind of food. I would have loved to have grown up with that. Um, and is there something very, can you pinpoint like, is there something specific that we may have slightly covered this in on kind of other questions, but something specifically that your mum gives you that nobody else does, do you think? I guess it's coming back to that sense of being able to be emotionally authentic with her. Mm-hmm. And also the sense that I know that if I'm feeling down or low, 
and not even able to communicate that to somebody that if I call my mum or if I see my mum she'll know that something isn't right so even if I'm not able to be forthcoming with how I'm feeling I know that she's going to ask me and give me that opportunity to share. So do you think that's quite a a sort of comforting thing in the sense that um I don't know, sometimes it's quite nice if you're sad or unhappy or stressed out about something to to know that you're going to be forced to talk about it. It, it. Like that conversation is sort of started for you by her simply knowing, you know, you don't have to say there's this thing that I want to speak about because she's kind of already started, that she's sort of opened the door to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's that sense that as I said, you know, if if I'm in a, such a state or just in the type of mood where I feel like I can't even bring myself to open up or to reach out to somebody, I know that at some point my mum's going to text and say, how are you? Or give me a call. Mm. And she will recognise, as I said, whether it's just intuition or whether she's doing her job and paying attention um she's going to ask are you okay and that's going to give me an opportunity to to say what's on my mind I think there's this well she's got incredible mother's intuition so she always knows when something isn't right with me or my sister and she can just tell from you know the slightest inflection in our voices or you know we might walk through the door having not seen her for months and she might be able to tell from just our faces um and I don't want to say that's just about intuition because I think that's an injustice to her I think she's able to do that because she's paying attention to her children and I think that's really important to say um so I don't think she knows me best but it's just that sense that you can be absolutely well, I feel like I can be who, I guess I can be authentically myself when I'm in front of my mother emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that will be received and treated with care. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think it's going to feel when you do see her again? I think it's just going to be lovely. I think they're <laughs> going to be so happy to see us, my mum and my dad, um, to see me and my sister. I think it's just going to be joyous and we'll probably do karaoke and make food and drink You do karaoke at home? Oh, yeah. Oh, my My God. (laughs) As often as possible. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, whenever we have a get-together, if at all possible, we'll be doing karaoke or I'm forcing my mum to do TikToks or dub smashes, which she pretends to absolutely hate, but she secretly loves it and is also brilliant at it. Um, so, What's her number one karaoke song? Does she have one? <laughs> do re me. I'm not joking. She, she literally, she sings, um, what's, the, what's the sound of music one? Um, do re me. What's it called? Oh, I mean, do re me. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Hang on, so random and so rubbish. It's just little things as well, like having a hug. I know it, it, it's 
it's something small, but and and then the details of that, like she's got a very particular scent, and you know, to me, she's all she always feels quite warm. Her body is always warm, and yeah, I don't know. It's just it's strange. It's small things like that which just feel quite far away. Thinking about your mum and thinking about your relationship up until this point, is there something you would like to tell her that you may have never said before? I think it's probably something that I touched upon earlier, which is to say that I'm always immensely proud and amazed by her commitment and dedication to learning about herself. I don't think that's an easy task for anyone to take on. I don't think any of us really like to sit with our own thoughts Mm -hmm. and reflect on our own behaviours. And I think you, you mentioned this earlier that for a certain generation it's quite difficult to do because certainly for people of our parents' generation, mental health, mindfulness, self-reflection, none of that was really part and parcel of society or culture in the same way that it is now. Yeah. So to think that my mum makes those strides to not only, you know, feel better within herself and and be a better person for herself, but also for the people around her, particularly her immediate family, her husband, her children. I think that's amazing. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm super proud of her that she she does those things and she takes, you know, her mind seriously. She sounds amazing. She sounds inspirational and interesting, but also very joyful, which... Um is an incredible combination yes thank you i would agree if you'd like to come on and tell us about someone you're missing we'd love to hear from you get in touch at radioisopodcast at gmail.com or on instagram at radioisopod